when our whole world changes right before our eyes. When everything we know about who we are turns out to be so fragile. It's funny how little things can change. Even as we feel hollow inside. Even as we ask ourselves what really makes us human. The goalposts keep moving. The lines keep blurring. But when the sun rises in the morning, we have to wake up all the same. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heart the State Within, an actual play podcast presented by University and D. My name is Blake Croft, and I will be your game master and your keeper for the evening. And it is my pleasure to welcome the players. Jacob. Hey, I'm Jacob. Katie. Hi, I'm Katie. Lily. Hi, I'm Lily. And Alex. What's up, people? I'm Alex. See, I did the uh, I did the lift at the end there as an excited and Alex. I feel very welcomed now. Thank yeah, you, Blake. You, you are. Uh, this is this is episode 17 of Heart the State Within. I'm very excited to get into things. If you're listening at, to this point, first of all, thank you. Second of all, if you're not in our Discord already, what are you doing? There's a great community over there. Come join us. Last we left... Yeah, let's just get started. Last we left off, it was Progress Day. Progress Day things were happening. You all had attended the event with plans to sabotage it but the main event of progress day was this vulture creature in this large wheeled in cage and you were unable to stop that delivery from occurring atticus you spoke with your father and after some convincing you you agreed to give the others your friends immunity from the events of progress day and in doing so, you gave in to the fact that this might have been unable to be stopped. And so under the guise of saying that everyone would be saved, you told your friends to come backstage and the onslaught of these vultures attacking the audience occurred. Even the guards who were promised to be saved were not and in the end were killed. As Silas Salt came around and marked each one of you to save you from the vultures, Ted, you raised a gun to his chin and pulled the trigger. And Atticus, you watched him bleed out in the sand below you. Stumbling backstage was Rex Walker, recently injured by Annie. Atticus, you were very close to pulling the trigger on him as well but he said he could divulge the secrets of those that know to you, as your father had previously wanted. He arranged a carriage to take you all into the central district of Hart, uh, called the Crux, that is the central district, where those that know families reside. And in the carriage ride over, he didn't divulge everything, but he said, Hart is not a unique city. There are others like it, but communication between those cities has been nearly impossible. And his last words, the words we ended last session on, were, the plan is to send you all outside the mists. And uh, that is where we pick up today. Is anyone doing anything in this carriage ride? I imagine it's rather tense and mostly silent. Like, I'm going to roll for time real quick. Yes, please do. 
the injury right. or the illness pushes on. Hey, 10. 10. Okay, that's zero time marked, right? Yeah. Okay. This is a fast He's feeling illness. invigorated. Invigorated <laughs> after killing someone. It's tearing me apart. <laughs> you rolled three times in the course of one day. Yeah, it is. It's a fast acting illness. Ted, yeah, the the maybe maybe it's the distraction from this illness that has caused it to slow. But nevertheless, you feel a little bit better. The carriage ride is eerily silent as the only sound is the bumping of the carriage on the cobblestones below you. You exit Drybrook and pass through the Elysian district and into the crux at the center of the city. Atticus, a place that you grew up, you spent the majority of your young years here. The carriage passes through this the streets and the houses look nothing like they do in the Elysian district here it is very classical architecture the pavement is is not uneven as it is in the Elysian district and the houses all have their own lots with large yards the population here is a lot less dense you pass into the center of this district and into a circle of manors where the five families reside. The carriage drops you off and Rex leads you up to the door. He opens it. Um, after you all, um, you can find a seat in the lounge. I'd prefer it if we kept our eyes on you. I have some materials and things I need to collect information to share. I'm sure you do. I'll just be a moment. And he's not going to go anywhere. Do you see the shape of him? Fine. Be quick about it. And you all walk into the lounge, which has uh, bookshelves on either side and uh, a couple, like a seating, a main seating area. And he walks further into the manor and you hear uh, a door close further into the house. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. Okay. I hold out my hand. Give me I give one. him a cigarette as well. <laughs> For a second, I was like, are you trying to be my ashtray? <laughs> that was your first. That was your Wow. You just want to feel something? Not at all. I'll take a cig. Okay. Yeah. You, you both uh, have a smoke in the lounge. You wait uh, five minutes, ten minutes, and... Uh, there's no sign of Rex returning. Yeah, that makes sense, because we just let him walk away for some reason. <laughs> I try not to. No, I know. <laughs> okay, Atticus will give kind of an exasperated sigh and just get up and walk towards where the door was. Okay, yeah. it's it, You You curve around into the the main like living room, and this is Atticus. You're used to this level of wealth, but this house is absurd in the amenities and, and you know ornamentations around everything that just do not need to be there but in this living room you deduce that the door that was likely you heard closed uh is is the one on the far end of the room and as you approach it and open it you see it leads downstairs to a basement level escape tunnel damn it i'm just gonna go down there okay by yourself yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, the you other three, you're waiting in the main lounge? Uh, I'm going to give it about a minute before I go chasing after. Okay. I'm not going to chase after, but I can I start just like looking around the manor? Is there anything? Just like looking for information, I guess. Okay. Uh, Ted, roll investigate as you're looking around uh, this manor. Nice. So that's going to be three minus one. Wow. Big, huge. Okay. That's a detective in the making right there. Better now than on the time. Future detective. You don't even know where you are. This is so, Blake, do I figure out that this is, we're in a house? Yeah, so. (laughs) There's definitely a house and there's a roof on the house, yeah? Yeah, you found this room where there is a bed and you deduce that that is the bedroom. 
Mm. So okay. I'd like yeah. a second opinion. God, he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I just dwell on that. Okay, Atticus, you head downstairs into this this basement area, and you head down the stairs, and you see that it leads to a small like storage room. But as you had correctly assumed, between two of the shelves, there is a long tunnel. I'm taking off. He's on a bum leg, right? He can't be moving that fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long you has take... it been, Blake? I, I mean, yeah, I think as Atticus takes off, the two of you start to think maybe that he's, you know, it's time. It's probably time to go looking. Atticus, you take off down this tunnel and... It, it, it curves around a bit, and it's there are uh, sconces on the wall, uh, torches lighting up the tunnel for a decent ways. As you run down, you hear your footsteps echo, and you hear something far ahead of you, like a whispering. And as, as you get closer, as you, as you try to let your footsteps be quieter, you recognize the whispering as... Rex's voice, um, and you don't hear uh, a second side of this conversation. Uh, you don't know who he's talking to. Maybe he's talking to himself. So assuming that he's on a phone, I've got to move quick. So I'm going to just dead sprint. Sure. May uh, I daredevil? Yeah, yeah, please do. That's pretty good. That's like a 13. 13. Okay. So I get get all of the edges. Okay. Which are? Uh, Discover a threat before it discovers me. Get out of the way. Avoid an attack. And harm my opponent before they can react. Okay. So, yeah, I think that definitely applies here. As you are quietly moving around this bend, getting closer to the uh, source here. And you discover a, a threat before it discovers you. As you approach... You're able to discern some of the words that uh, Rex is saying. And he goes, is it safe? Is it safe to send them out? Is it worth it? Is it more dangerous for me or for the outside? And you round the corner. And are you just like popping out? Uh, I hear that. I'm going to a little creepy do, a little creepy weepy, you know? Okay. He is in a room, notably. This Mm -hmm. tunnel extends into a dome-like room. And you peek your head around the corner, and you see him standing in the middle of this room that is like stone brick all around. And he is looking at the ground and talking to, to no one. I would like to just sit here and observe. Okay. Roll observe a situation for me. Sure. That's a nine. Nine. Okay, so that is uh, one question. Uh, uh, what is being hidden from me? What seems strange about this? Maybe are are good choices. I, I think hidden from me, right? Because it's not immediately obvious what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. So what is being hidden from you? There is. He is. He's facing away from you, and you see that there is a torchlight coming from either side of the entranceway that you are you are nearby and it lights his back it lights the back of his figure and where he is looking down at the floor is down at the down at the shadow that the lights cast on the floor so there's something on the f- there is probably something being concealed by shadow that i can't see perhaps Okay, can I just see what he says? Yeah, you wait there uh, a few more seconds, and he he stops whispering as if to wait for a response, and then he, he continues again as if he's holding a conversation, but you don't hear anyone on the other end of it. You hear, he says, I feel like I owe it to Silas. I owe them a, a, a chance, at the very least that much. And he waits for another response. And then very suddenly, he lifts his head and starts to look around and 
turns around towards the entranceway. I imagine you, yeah, duck behind the wall and you hear him once again go, how many? Are Dot and I on our way? Are we moving? Are you, yeah, so you open the door and go down. Are you going down this tunnel or like investigating around? I imagine taking off in a sprint is not a an intuitive course of action, but. I'm looking for where Atticus went. Okay. So yeah, I don't I need think, to be doing that particularly quickly. I don't think I'm running or anything. Okay. I think you you're you're a minute or two behind him. Okay. But yeah, we'll we'll say you are you are on the way down this tunnel. Atticus, you hear him say, "How many?" And then you hear his footsteps as he approaches the entranceway. Uh, is this tunnel lit? Yes. So like he's 100% going to see me. I'm going to kind of back up a few steps and then stand up and act like I was walking down the tunnel casually. Okay, yeah. You you do your best uh, casual impression and walk up and Rex looks at you and just, Atticus. Uh, sorry to distrust you, but I was taking a bit to gather materials. Oh, um, and you see that in his hand as he's turned around, he has a... A notebook and a stack of papers. He goes, I-, I was just, just returning, actually. Good. I'll, um, walk back with you. Atticus, did, did your friends come down looking as well, or are they still up in the lounge? I'm not entirely sure. They could have come after me, maybe. And he, like, he looks over your shoulder and looks behind you in the tunnel. And I think at that point, are you guys, like, yelling Atticus's name or I think I would mm. be moving quietly yeah okay. I don't know if that's just a in case he's thing in this situation in case he's gotten uh into something I'm, I'm definitely moving quietly okay Atticus he he looks over your shoulder and, and looks further down the tunnel and he goes Atticus will you will you step in the room with me for a second oh man that's probably a bad idea but I think the um the intrigue of whatever he was talking to will give me that excuse to walk in. Okay. So I'll give him a nod and gesture forward. Yeah, you do. You walk in and he goes, Atticus, I didn't want to say this around your friends, but um, you're a special one. And I think you could help me out very specifically. And he puts his hand on your shoulder. I think my wrist is starting to kind of Actually, can I ace up the sleeve real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, wow, that's pretty good. Like a 13, so... Okay. Oh, and I can spend that at any time during this scene. So I will produce a small concealed lethal weapon, which is my Derringer, and I produce it unnoticed just in case. Yes, yes. I think, Atticus, you are on edge here. But as he puts his hand on your shoulder... I don't think you're expecting uh, an attack from where it's coming from. Uh, I need you to roll keep it together. Hmm. So I'm historically not great at that. And if you if you succeed on this roll, then then yes, uh, let's talk about those edges and let's talk about how you want to use them here. But let's make that roll first. So I have a minus two to it, by the way. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh my god. I rolled an eight. Eight minus two. Eight minus two. Six. So so that is a complete fail. Atticus, as he puts his hand on your shoulder, I'm going to ask everyone else to leave the call, if that's okay. What? Oh, shit. Um, excuse me? Oh, no. Pardon? Oh, no. Why don't nah. you leave the call? I'm going to do my own thing. Nah. Well, I guess I'll see you on the other side. All right, so you're on the other side, guys. Okay, so Atticus, instead of losing stability from that keep-it-together roll, you instead feel something move from Rex into you. And as you look on the ground, you see the shadow on the other side of him cast by the torchlight. You see it has a smile. Damn you, Annie! Oh! And as you look down now, you see your own shadow 
has that same toothy grin. As you look down at the floor, it looks up at you, and it speaks. Atticus. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Atticus necessarily feels fear here. I think I'm a little annoyed at... I'm, I'm annoyed at the deception. Yes, yes. Um, and this thing detects that annoyance, and it goes, I apologize for the deceit, but this is important. Atticus, your father knew certain things about this world, but he didn't know everything. I know everything, Atticus, and you are special to me. For now, please, let's keep this between us. What is Rex doing as I'm clearly um, looking at a shadow that doesn't exist? Yeah, I think he's he's literally just, he stepped back and is just staring at you looking at this thing on the ground. I think my eyes are kind of darting back and forth to him and the shadow. Okay. I want to say that you say that to everyone that you possess. Is that true? That they're so special? I have done what I needed to to get to where I am but I don't need to lie to you Atticus you've been pulling the strings we'll talk your friends are coming please keep this between us and you hear the footsteps down the hall as Annie and Dot approach the entrance Um, okay let me text everyone to come back okay Atticus, you hear Annie and Dot's footsteps approaching the entrance to this room. And as they round the corner, Annie and Dot, you see Atticus and Rex. And Rex steps up to the entrance. Oh, um, Atticus and I were just speaking. We will be uh, returning to the lounge. We can walk you there. And he looks to Atticus. Yes, uh, I guess the storage room is this far down. Let's go. Um, apologies for the delay. And he starts to walk past you in the corridor. I'm glad we're heading back. We thought for a minute that you were trying to escape. And, um, I'd have to destroy your other leg. No, just, um, well-kept secrets. You understand. You all follow him through the storage room and up onto the main level. And... Uh, Ted, after investigating the bed thoroughly, uh, you have come back out into the lounge and deduced that this is a sitting area for guests. And you have mm-hmm. returned to your seat. As, have I, God, he's have so I deduced smart. that I am a guest right now? Yeah, and you can <laughs> you can assume that, yes. Okay, then I'm going to take a seat in the guest seating area. Okay, yeah. Did you f- I think figure that's out a what fair they did in the bedroom? Assumption. I think they sleep in there, guys. <laughs> okay, the... Uh, the four, the four of them who are down in the basement come and all take a seat. And Rex takes the notebook and paper that he had. And he goes, all right, um, this is going to be a lot. So if you all just listen carefully, I think I don't really know how to break this gently. Even my son was uh, surprised when he came of age. So I am of the understanding that you all have encountered some some strange things recently. Is that correct? Aside from the vulture and your friend here, Teal, who I guess was investigating with Ted. Um, oh yeah, that liability is with us. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Aside from those two, have you seen other occurrences that were unexplainable? Uh, yeah, we saw a statue kill someone, and we saw, like, amalgamation of a bunch of different animals, and we had to kill that, and, uh, like, a parasite or something that was in, what was that? I don't know, some weird fucking worm. I see. Yes, these all fit the bill of what I'm about to explain to you. All of these things that you've seen, they are 
Parasites is a good word for them. We call them those that devour. They are leeches, creatures that um, attach themselves to something, anything, really. We don't actually know the bounds or the limitations of what they can do. These creatures were responsible for the creation of heart. See, a, a few hundred years ago, there was a much larger world outside of this. That world had thrived for thousands and thousands of years. And this threat, we don't know the origin of it, but these parasites, they emerged and they began killing. Killing in mass. We don't know much about their motivations, but we do know that whenever they kill, they get stronger. And so as these creatures emerged in large populations, the human population dwindled at an exponential rate. These creatures killed more and they got stronger because of it. And so the major governments of the world came together and devised a plan. And that plan was to eradicate the human population so that these creatures could not feed anymore. But we would save a few hubs of civilization, seeds of humanity, so that the population may have a chance in the future. Seven cities were made. Heart was one of them. The mists that surround them, they are designed to keep out these creatures. They are a protective barrier against their presence. And the plan was to independently advance our technology in each of these seven cities until we found a way to deal with these parasites, until we found a way to bring humanity back into the world. And if a solution could not be reached and an individual city appeared to be on the brink of collapse, falling to these creatures invading, the plan was to kill as many citizens of that city as possible so that when the creatures inevitably found their way inside, we wouldn't feed them any more than they've already been fed to give the other safe havens a chance. Heart is on its way towards extinction. As you have seen, those that devour have found their way one way or, or another over the past hundred years, the past 10 years, the past few weeks, more and more of them have crept into the shadows of our city and are slowly killing. We have tried for the past hundred years to communicate with these other cities, but none of the scout teams that we've sent out beyond the mists have returned and we have received no word from any of the others. And that's where you come in. As you can see, we need help. Those that know the five families, including your father, Atticus, we were working on ways to deal with this looming threat, conducting experiments to see if we could use these creatures to our own benefit, if we could latch them onto our own people and, and keep them as weapons. But as you can see with your friend here, any form that is inhabited by these creatures loses all human cognition. I know it's a lot of information to take in all at once. So why did Progress Day need 
to happen, Mr. Walker. Multiple times, actually. Right. As I said before, if the city was deemed a lost cause, the plan was to remove the population from the feeding pool. The five families have seen the trend downwards, seen the spiral that we had guessed might happen if we were not to advance our technology at a rate that could sustain us. And we have been slowly making pushes to keep the population down to a manageable rate. I know hearing this all at once, that sounds evil, but we what consider about the memories. Why does no one remember Progress Day from fifty years ago? What's going to happen to those families? People who lost people. Yes. I did not mean to give the impression that we hadn't advanced our technology at all. In fact, we found some very useful resources that are able to induce things such as memory loss. And using those same resources, we can create things like the memory bubble that you all had entered. Unfortunately, that has not helped against this threat. To be clear, so you guys created the vulture? This isn't like one of the creatures? Is that what I'm hearing? The vulture is one of the creatures. We have contained it, and we have been feeding it to create something that could end the civilian population here in Hart. But we have spent years working on safeguarding that. The vulture, to explain it in short, has a time bomb inside it. It's not really that simple, but if we can feed the whole population with one creature and kill it, that's a lot easier than letting hundreds or thousands of these things feast. So you know how to kill it. That's wonderful to hear. Yes, we do. They just seem like creatures like anything else. We've killed a couple ourselves. They are. But they get too big to manage? The ones you have faced are starving. They are weak. They are killable in that state. And that is precisely why we consider ourselves part of the bigger whole of humanity rather than fighting till the the bitter end for our population. What about what about the mark? The thing that my father pricked us with. The vulture didn't even hardly notice us. Correct. The vulture is one of our experiments. We have molded it for a hundred years, engineered it in specific ways. We've been getting better at it over the past few years, but it's not fast enough or efficient enough to continue this at a wider scale. But we have engineered this where it is unable to see the people with this injection. I don't claim to understand the science behind it. We have a team for that. So you just want to send us out as a scout team? Your father wanted that. He said he saw potential in all of you, but he saw you as unable to make difficult decisions about humanity's success. But he saw the way you sacrificed your own lives again and again, rather than others. And so he thought you the ideal candidates. All right, and what do we get in return exactly? Because uh, I have a few conditions if we're doing this. Right. Progress Day was an experiment to see how far our, our vulture had come. And we believe we've gotten it to a point where we could now successfully kill 
the population. So I can offer you a final chance to redeem this cursed city. You all are young. You're idealists. I'm offering you a glimmer of hope in a place where if we can see it for what it is, there is none. Right. So you expect us to what? Cross I'm in. the mists? I'll go. All right. Uh, Walker, you're one of the top five most powerful families in the city, and you're telling me you don't have resources? We have plenty of resources. Okay. So if I run this little errand for you, I want you to get me a house in the safest part of the city. I want my girlfriend and future wife to be able to stay there safely with people to watch her and make sure she's okay. And I want some of your butlers to tend to her. And whatever she wants, you're going to get her. I can arrange that. Then I guess we have a deal. And the rest of you? I have family in the outskirts. Can you guarantee that they'll be safe? In a way similar to Ted's, possibly? I can guarantee that we will keep them safe until the last possible moment. But should your mission fail, I cannot guarantee anyone to be safe here. Yourself? Myself included. Then I guess we have a deal. We aren't leaving tonight. You can leave in the morning, certainly. I'm sure you have goodbyes to say. Has your research team been doing any work on this? Do they have anything that can help? Yes, we have a few things. First of all, uh, the plan. The closest safe haven is the crown. This is the safe haven where we've been trying to send our scouts for the most part. We've tried the others as well, but none of them have returned. The only realistic distance at this point is that city. The crown is where all seven of the cities were supposed to congregate. The idea was for them to send out a message when it was safe, when they had figured out some way to connect the seeds of civilization again, we would meet there. We haven't received that communication, and after a few hundred years, we're, we fear it's, it's too late. So we are taking the initiative. I can, we can point you in that um, direction. We have navigational materials that we can provide you for that. As far as protection goes, we have created sets of armor. It's one word for it, but the nature of these creatures is that they will latch onto anything around. There are stories from, from before this disaster from before when the world was whole. Stories of creatures that became the sun, creatures that were the rain or the forest. We don't know what they are and what they can do. And so to protect from them is a nearly impossible feat. The best advice we can give is avoid everything you see until you get to the crown. Stay away from any remnants of dense population hubs. Stick to the hills, the countrysides. It will be a long journey. We have enough rations for you. We have horses, carriage. What did, what did you guys do with Chief Clay? The police chief? What happened to him? That was under Silas's jurisdiction. From what I understand, he was being rather difficult. Refused to give up any information. My understanding is that memory bubble that you all were in. My understanding, he's been in there for a few weeks. Damn. That's what awful. What the fuck? Yeah, Jesus. So what you want us to do? 
is walk out into the mists, journey to another place like heart, survive that journey, get there, and what? Bring back some miracle piece of technology that saves the day? Annie, I, I want to be perfectly clear here. I, I don't want to mince words. I don't believe it will work. Frankly, I don't believe there's even a slim margin of possibility that it will work. But Silas did, and a few of the other families still do. I have already conceded. If you wish to as well, by all means, no one is forcing you to do this. I think I'm just going to like stop looking at Walker and look at like the rest of everyone here. Are we sure that we even have enough trust in each other to get this shit done? I'm starting to have my doubts. I'm not having this conversation with Rex Walker in the room. It's Well, I think it's a better idea than letting him roam free. So if you'd rather do that, we can explore that option. But uh, I'd like to have it before, you know, we go in the mists and possibly never come back. I don't know if I trust everyone here to divulge every piece of information about their lives, but I do trust that everyone here would prefer if humanity stayed alive. And it seems we're given one chance here. The only chance to do that. So, if Annie has kept things before, or Dot has ran off before, or Ted, honestly, you're kind of a stand-up guy, I just hope... Not hope. I, I'm grateful that we're being given this opportunity. And I intend to take it. I, I want to be on this journey to possibly save the world or the world be fucked with people that I know, if shit goes down, are going to have my back, not shoot me in the back. And for the most part, we've been together long enough that I, you know, you guys have like 80% of my trust, but I have been lied to repeatedly. And I really am not a fan of that. And I've tried to be as open with you guys as I can. I just, can can we just please put everything on the table? Because that's enough to handle. I don't really know how to regain 20% of your trust, Ted. Not, not within the next few hours or a day or so. But if that 20% is going to hold you back from saving Grace... From saving your child. I don't want to be the cause of that. I won't let you die out there. Okay. Anyone else got anything they want to say? I think at this point we're co-workers, and I think 80% might be enough for co-workers. Maybe not friends, but people you work with and trust enough? I hope so. I can live with co-workers. Teal, are you gonna, like transform and just like fucking kill us the first night out there or or are we gonna be okay from my understanding looking in the eyes of that creature whatever was pulling me towards that thing sparked some sort of switch i don't know i'm gonna be a liability but i could be helpful too i don't want to hurt any of you, but I also don't want to sit back and watch the city fall into ruin. Okay, well, I agree that if you can, you know, rein yourself in somehow, you're probably going to be the most useful one of us. Next time you think you're going to, like, go into a rage, just maybe focus on something that makes you a little happier and not, like, thoughts of murder. That might... (laughs) at least be a step in the right direction. Uh, I pretty much already have one foot out the door, so I don't have much to lose by going on this fucking thing. But, you know, I haven't seen my family um, in my hometown in a while, so just in case I never do again, I'd like to swing by and say my goodbyes. As much as I can, Ted, I'll continue to work on this. I don't want you to die. Rex, there's got to be something... You know about the sickness. I know a bit. Again, I don't claim to know the science behind it all, but... Your team should. That's right. Shouldn't they? 
Yeah. From what I understand, the sickness was created when we conducted an experiment on your friend here. From what we understand, Teal is going to be okay. From what we know about these things, they have some sort of regenerative property. Though Teal might experience symptoms for the foreseeable future, her organs will not fail from this. Ted, I don't know what you want to do, but we've conducted experiments like this before on others, and any long-term ailments seemed to be muted, at least, not fatal. There might be other solutions very well. Getting to the crown might be might be the best place possible for you to discover that. But if you're worried about making it there first, that's one way we could go about it. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Yo, we're going to turn him into one of these things? Wait, okay, that's kind of epic, but hold on. As I explained before, like your friend, there is a basically 0% chance that you will retain any sort of cognitive ability or consciousness while you are in that state. And also, a side effect is the complete loss of memory, as I'm sure you saw with your friend here. Okay, that might be... That sucks. The choice is yours, but I figured we'd offer. We appreciate that. (sighs) There's no way that the memories could ever be returned, like you're just, you're fucked forever. Again, it's difficult for us to get our hands on a test subject. They've been coming around more recently, but that has led to detrimental consequences. When we get our hands on these parasites, we immediately begin tests on them, but we can only make so much progress at a time. We don't know why the memory loss occurs. We don't know if there's a way to retain any sort of consciousness we've not been able to discover anyways. Um, Some of our subjects have died in the procedure. It's risky. The one that devours it, we place it in in between the two halves of your brain. It acts as a co-pilot. God, it's just, it's so epic, Blake, but... <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> no! It's so badass, but, I like... I am so angry. The cost. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. No. Ugh. Here's the deal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ask my girlfriend, because this sounds like a life decision that the wifey should probably be in charge of, so... Uh, of course. Um, so, I'm going to go to the cabin and do a lot of thinking. You don't have to come with. Feel free to keep Walker company, but, um, yeah. Anyone else making any errands? I think I need to go visit my home. Alone. Uh, could be the last time I see it. Ever. I'm gonna walk out the door. <laughs> I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. I think I should go home, too. Just for a little bit. You're not gonna run off? Listen, Annie, I know we're not best friends, but... If you want a home-cooked meal, you're welcome to come. I, I, what I need to do is try and fix what's happening to Ted. If I can stop them from putting that thing in his head, I will by any means. And I appreciate what you're trying to do. But I can't do friends right now. I can't. I can't even think about it. I just have to be the person that keeps you alive. Ted alive and Atticus alive. Heads on shoulders, hearts and chests. That's what I'm focused on. It was just an offer. Because Annie, if there's one thing I have learned from you and that maybe I finally understand and can agree with is... It's possible friends are more than they're worth. So I get it. And I'm gonna leave. Okay. Mr. Walker, show me to wherever it is that your scientists work. 
Of course. Um, yes, um, Annie, you can follow me. And I'm going to okay. work through the night. Great. Let's start with Ted. Ted, you're headed back to the cabin. The carriage brings you out of the crux and over to the train station. You take that to the cabin. Grace waits for you as you walk inside. Where uh, where are the others? Uh, they're at Rex Walker's mansion, believe it or not. I'm sorry? Yeah. Um, some shit went down. Uh, it's, are, are they okay? What happened? Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. They're, they're okay. Progress day went, I mean, there wasn't much that we could do. They unleashed this bird creature that started ripping everyone apart and... Oh my god. Yeah, it seemed like there was a solution, but, um... It was only really a solution for us, not any of the innocent people in the audience. Um, yeah, I think I think at hearing that, like she embraces you in a hug, mm-hmm. and you are you explaining everything that yeah. Rex had said. I'll explain everything and then end it by holding the syringe that had the mark that I took. Okay. Yeah, um, I know that's a lot. We learned a lot about the world. And uh, this, I think, will protect you from all the weird shit, those that devour, or at least the vulture. I mean, we know that for sure. Okay. Um, And she holds out her her wrist. Yeah, just look away. I know you're not going to love this. And I'll inject her with it. Okay. Yeah. And then are you presenting her with the offer you were presented with? Yeah. Okay. I think she goes, you're not actually considering becoming one of those things, are you? Uh, I mean, I I don't want to. I I want... I mean, you have Annie. I mean, you sound better today, Ted. It's 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 getting better. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I, um, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm scared. We've planned a... <laughs> A whole life together, and I—I don't—I don't know who I would be without you. But I—I don't—I'm not ready to die yet. I'm really not. You know, it—it's moments like these where I moved to the city to do exactly what I did: become a cop, try to do some good. But none of that really matters anymore. I—the only thing I've been thinking about is you, and I—I I don't. I don't know what to do. Have you thought about just staying? And you just see like the tears in her eyes. Yeah. If it's, if this city's going to shit and your body's failing, then it could just be us. We could just spend the rest of that time together. I mean, you don't have to do this. Yeah. I've uh, I've thought about that too. That's that's definitely on the table. I guess I've got a bit of a choice to make. Maybe uh, maybe I just need some time. Okay. I'm with you, Ted. Whatever you, whatever's gonna move us forward is what I want to do. Let's jump to Dot. I don't feel the need to RP this. Because what I kind of think she's going to do is go home, act like she's going to stay, have just like a night and like a home-cooked meal with her parents and her siblings and like okay. all of that. And then as soon as everyone heads off to bed, like leave and go back. You do? You head back to your hometown and they're over the moon seeing you. And your siblings all embrace you, and your parents are just so happy to see you back in their their bakery. And you all have a lovely home-cooked meal. And the night comes, and you return to your childhood bedroom. And you feel an eerie similarity to the night just a couple nights ago that you had slipped out. But without a word, you leave and catch the last train into the Elysian District. 
let's go to Atticus. You claimed you were heading just across the street to your your family's home. Uh, is that is that true? Is that where you're going? Yeah, I think that's where I'm going. Okay. I think maybe into probably where I spent most of my time growing up in whatever you know fencing setup or sword fighting yeah almost arena maybe we probably there, had yes there is a uh, a courtyard court yeah um the manor the manor that you lived in was created like around this courtyard and so right in the center there are these like training dummies and racks of uh like fencing equipment i'm not gonna do anything there but that's where i am okay and i think i just kind of expect something yeah you see the sun is almost setting in the sky and that shadow casts on the ground and you turn around and look down at it and you see this toothy grin and you hear this voice say most of that was true Atticus what wasn't Rex left a couple things out on purpose those creatures those that devour they're not creatures at all they're angels Atticus they've come from a another realm and joined us in this world their presence a few hundred years ago marked the start of a rapture where a chosen few would inherit the gifts of the world while the unworthy are taken rex knows this he knows he is part of that chosen few and you can be too atticus the construction of these safe havens is unholy the very existence of this city is sacrilege the angels must come the mists must fall and the people of these cursed cities must be taken. Rex has been doing that good work here in heart. The sudden emergence of these creatures in the city is no mere coincidence. Those things are brought about by people who work towards it. Atticus, you can be among those chosen few if you can work towards that same goal. If you arrive at the crown, I have a few favors I'd like to ask from you. You consider yourself an angel? Yes. Can you ensure our arrival somehow to the crown? I'm a powerful ally, Atticus. You have seen the way these angels communicate whether you know it or not, you've seen your friend respond subconsciously to the vulture. I can be that line of communication. I can help keep you safe on the way there. But I will also be a powerful enemy, Atticus. What did we do? What did humanity do to deserve your rapture? I feel as though... You could answer that for yourself. I know that you have seen the atrocities committed in the name of selfishness. Right now, you are trying to save a group that is only trying to save themselves. They would not do the same for you. But I can. Fine. Fine. I'm glad we could come to an arrangement. Just keep me safe. Of course. Uh, let's jump to Annie. Annie, what are you doing? My darndest, Mr. GM, <laughs> my darndest. I, okay. Annie is going to work through the night using any information these bitch-ass scientists can give me any okay. information I've gathered over the past few days of studying this illness, any test I can possibly run to kill this thing, to weaken it, to slow it down, 
to do anything that will help Ted in this situation. Yeah. I am that that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to achieve. Okay. Um yeah, you Rex takes you to this uh, team of, of scientists uh, that works in a a building very nearby this this circle of manors and you go into their lab and they take you over to like where they have been conducting these very underground experiments like there is a there's a lab on the surface and then it's like okay you have high level clearance let's go down and show you the real stuff the things you gather i won't i won't go into like all the details of everything you you learn but as far as like what pertains to this illness in particular is you learn about these regenerative regenerative properties um that those that devour seem to have or that people who are inhabited with those that devour also seem to have which is you also learn that like the people inhabited by these parasites seem to be like halfway in between, right? Like they flip between forms. Uh, they're not fully this creature. They're not fully human. As Rex had described, it's like two co-pilots uh, operating in the same body in two different forms. What you learn about their regenerative properties is that it seems to come from this glue-like material that they produce. You had seen this in uh, The Beast, right? You had seen this on the statue when you had removed parts of their form they came back with this reconstructive glue is what we'll call it from what you can deduce with enough of a sample of that glue it's not unfeasible that you could given maybe you know uh, a few weeks you could reverse engineer the properties of this into something that maybe it's not a hundred percent, but something that could like prolong uh, mm -hmm. a lifetime or, you know, stave off the illness for a bit. How much of it do I think I would need? I think you would need enough to run multiple tests on multiple samples. So let's say like 20 vials of it, like, you know, different, different tests, different trials. If, after working through the night, I haven't come up with a miraculous solution. I'm going to demand I take 20 vials with me and any materials um, I would need to test. They, they, they have expressed that they don't have that to offer oh, you. Oh, shit. Um, uh, and you would have learned that at some point in the night. They have maybe like two or three, right? They're, they're doing all the trials they can with every sample they have. So as Rex had said, they are working as fast as they can because they just don't have, the, these things aren't common, at least in heart. Or if they are, right, they haven't been contained. That is really bad. Rex, Rex has been down there with you. He's the one who led you down to the lab. And as he leads you back towards the manor, he he speaks with you and he's like Annie I'm 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 sorry to hear that they couldn't do anything for for Ted but I do believe that getting to the crown might be the best solution they were the epitome of of scientific discovery when they were founded and we put most of our top scientists in that safe haven from what I am told if anyone has discovered a cure to these things or a way to recreate their healing properties or a way to dispose of them, I think it'll be in that city. So I hope you all can get there. You're welcome to stay here for the night. We will get everyone ready in the morning. Um, he bids you good night um, as he points you in the direction of one of the bedrooms and as he is walking away, you notice something on his heel, and perhaps it had slipped out of one of the vials, or perhaps he had um, gotten into something that he shouldn't have down in the lab, but you see that familiar glue tracing up the back of his leg, and you notice that he does not have a limp anymore. <laughs>